Welcome back to the Gardeners with Altitude podcast. I'm your host, Regina Hitchcock, and today we're going to be talking about compost. Uh, If you have any questions about this or any other episode of the podcast, you can subscribe. You can also go to our Garden Club website at www.gardenerswithaltitude.com and you'll find each episode of the podcast as well as a complete um, transcript of it in case you don't want to listen and you just would like to read the material. The transcripts also often will have photos, links, um, short videos, things like that that will help to increase your knowledge about whatever topic it was that we talked about that day. So let's go ahead and get started. Just about every bit of traditional wisdom having to do with composting tells you that you can compost any organic matter. Things like weed clippings, grass clippings, straw, paper, hair even, um, manure from animals that eat vegetables primarily. Um, Just to kind of clarify, the only real animal manure you do not want to put into your compost bin is human. Okay, that's become a thing that there, you know, there are a lot of people doing now is composting their own manure. Um, Or dog and cat manure. Dog and cat manures have parasites that can lead to really bad things in humans. Um, So don't ever compost your dog or cat manure. Um, If you have other bizarre pets like, um, I don't know, turtles or whatever, you don't want to compost their manure either. Things like sheep, goats, chickens, um, pigs, cattle, horses, those are all perfectly acceptable to compost. Um, So there's two main types of materials that go into a compost bin, whether you are building a pile, whether you have purchased a rotating bin, or if you're just putting just a kind of a random um, pile of material together, it's completely acceptable. Um, But those two things are nitrogen material. Those are basically anything that's green or anything that we would consider hot. And you have carbon-based material um, or carbon-rich material. Things that are dry, things that are already dead and have begun to to break down. Things like um, straw would be considered carbon material. Shredded paper is carbon material. Um, Raw manure would be considered... Um, your nitrogenous material. You typically want to also include a little bit of finished compost or some kind of organic um, fertilizer. A lot of times, because I know that I have more dry materials going into my compost than I have green materials, I sometimes will add a little bit of blood meal to encourage the bacteria that love nitrogen to jump into the compost pile and start doing their thing. Um, But you typically want to make sure that you have half and half by weight. Okay, so you want to have half of, or you want to have equal parts of carbon based materials, your dry materials again, sometimes we think of those as the browns. 
and you want to have half by weight again um, of the green or raw nitrogen based materials your manures your grass clippings those kinds of things now I, I stressed in there several times by weight okay if you're measuring by volume say for example um, wheelbarrow loads or truck loads or shovelfuls it's probably going to be something like six to one okay like six carbon to one nitrogen by volume okay the reason for that is your nitrogen holding materials are typically a lot heavier they're typically um, they still have a lot of moisture in them and your dry carbon materials things like leaves things like um, dried straw um, shredded paper those kinds of things are going to be very lightweight because they don't have any water in them they have been dead for a very long time okay and so whether you measure by weight in which case you would have half and half or by volume in which case you would have about five to six times more of your brown materials than you would have green materials either way they're going to give you basically the same thing now most of the time when you look up composting in garden magazines on websites on those kinds of things um, those articles and that information is typically designed and written for people who live in the Midwest and people who live on the East Coast where the climate is very humid okay so a lot of times they tell you cover your compost heap so water doesn't get in it um, you know make sure that it has plenty of aeration make sure that you have slatted boards or, or that air can flow through there we don't have that problem here in St. John's okay we don't have rain coming down just randomly all the time we don't have snow coming down randomly all the time it's typically very arid it's very hot it's very dry um, and we we kind of practice the opposite wisdom if you've ever watched a pile of leaves in your yard or if you've ever watched a pile of weeds in your yard um, they will sit there literally until the wind blows away they will never break down they will never compost on their own they will just dry up and sit there forever okay so in order for us to get something to compost and to properly decompose and break down we have to add water so what I tell people when I do classes on composting is to water your compost as often as you're gonna water your garden okay now this year um, I have worked on seven compost bins um, and they're now broken down to three okay so as they break down they're gonna shrink quite a bit but of those seven compost bins um, I'm actually only watering them about once a week or once every two weeks whereas I'm watering my garden twice a week for the most part it's been an incredibly dry spring um, we haven't even had a little bit of rain yet monsoon season was supposed to have started uh, last week and we still haven't gotten any rain but um, so I'm watering my compost a little less often but at the very beginning when I started building them I was watering them as often as I was watering the garden because water is what makes the compost work okay water is needed for the bacteria not only in the composting materials but also in the soil to be able to live like they're they're mostly soft-bodied 
um, biological creatures and bacteria, and they need water, they need moisture. Um, if you have red wigglers in your compost pile, they desperately need moisture, and they will just completely leave your compost pile entirely if it's not moist enough. So to go ahead and start building a compost, there's a couple of things that you really want to keep in mind. So the smaller the pieces that you add to your compost pile, the faster that they break down. Well, that's really easy if you're using something like rabbit manure. You know, it's already in small little pellets um, or things like shredded leaves. You know, they're already in small pieces. Um, shredded grass is already in small pieces. Um, but if you have anything like straw, I use a lot of straw. I use a lot of the bedding from my chickens and it typically is in larger pieces because the chickens don't really eat it they don't break it down they scratch around in it a lot but they don't really break it down a whole lot and so I, I usually run it through a chipper or if you don't have a chipper you also can run it over with a lawnmower I have found that running my green weeds over with a lawnmower is much more effective than trying to put them through the chipper because they, they the green stuff, the stuff that's still kind of moist, um, will just kind of gum up my chipper. And so I typically will do that. Um, shredding things like leaves and straw is also possible in like a big, like a 55 gallon drum. And you can just put your um, weed eater down inside that 55 gallon drum and chop up your dried materials like that and that works pretty well I had a I had a member tell me about that and said that it, he had um, chipped up his stuff like that and it worked very well so you want to make sure when you go to build your your compost pile or your compost heap if you're building it outside or building it on the ground you want the ground to be nice and moist Okay, so not only is your compost materials needing to be moist, but the ground itself needs to be moist, and that will allow the little critters, the, the pill bugs and the um, worms and those kinds of bacterias and all kinds of things like that to come up out of the ground and move into your compost pile. So if the ground is nice and moist underneath, um, and then you can start building your compost pile from there. So I typically start with dry material on the bottom and I usually keep the hose with me the whole time so that I can water every layer as I go. Now I'm going to say to put several layers um, and I, my plan is I'm looking at my compost bins right now and they're about three feet by three feet by about four to five feet tall. Okay, usually about four feet tall. I don't like to be, I don't like to have to pile things almost as tall as I am. Um, but usually about four feet tall. And so when I'm saying several layers, um, you're going to water each layer. Okay, so you're going to water each layer as you're making each layer. So you'll put like a little bit of straw and then water that straw. And then a little bit more straw and water that straw. And a little bit more straw and water that straw. Because the, the whole goal with watering and doing the layers to, to build your compost um, is to give the little bacteria and all of the little creatures that like to live in your compost pile avenues that they can climb through the material and break it down. If they reach a part where, the, where it's dry, 
they'll stop moving and all you'll get is broken down in the bottom and then the stuff on top will continue to just sit there and sit there and sit there and will never break down. So you want to make sure that even if you're building about a four inch deep layer that you're watering in between each layer very very well almost to the point where water is going to run out the bottom of your compost pile before you're done okay so i like to start with dry material um partially because it does soak up water very very well um and in my compost around my garden i i gather materials before i start building a compost bin um, and I like to build, I like to have quite a bit of material so I can just build a few compost piles at a time and then I can just turn them when I get a chance to turn them and I'll just turn all of them and water all of them at the same time. Um, so typically I gather leaves in the fall and get lots of bags of leaves and we run those through the chipper. Um, I get grass clippings from the city sometimes depending on where they have cut grass. Um, some places they use a lot of pesticides and herbicides, but at the park they do not because they recognize that kids play on the grass. And so when the city workers are out at the park mowing and when they have the inmates out mowing, I will go and gather bags of grass clippings from there. That's about the only place that I can think of that they don't put pesticides and herbicides on um, because they know kids play there. But all of the other city um, properties they they do use various chemicals that I don't want in my compost bin um, but I will gather grass from there I have several friends who have horses I get horse manure I've got chickens with their manure and their bedding um, and then I have also my father-in-law who gathers up pine needles and pine cones and his own grass clippings and kind of puts them in a pile for me and I pick those up you know a couple times a year and then that's most of my most of my compost materials other than the weeds and the grass clippings that I have from my own yard um, and so I just gather up all of those things so typically I start with a bottom layer of brown materials whether that's leaves or um, straw bedding or anything like that and I make sure that I soak it and I'll make a good you know four or five inch layer of that soaking in between and then I'll put a nice layer of green materials now you have to be very careful with your green materials things like manure um, and grass clippings are extremely rich they're very very good to add to your compost pile however if you make the layer of those too thick the water can't flow down through them so even though you're watering each particular, you know, shovel full or, or pitchfork full or whatever the case may be, um, you, you still need to make sure that there's aeration because even a, even a two inch layer of manure or grass clippings will compact down in the air and water will not flow through them. So, and remember, if the water's not flowing through them, the critters won't flow through. So, they'll get to that layer and they'll say, oh, gross, and turn around and go back down. So, you go through, and I, I typically do about a four to five inch layer, maybe six inch layer of dry materials. And then I do about a two inch layer of green materials. Um, and then just continue until I have a compost pile about four feet tall. And, or until I run out of materials. And then I water it again, 
really, really well. You really can't water your compost too much at this point. Not in Arizona. You probably could in Missouri, but not here. Um, If the water runs out the bottom, you've definitely watered it enough. You can stop. But if it doesn't run out the bottom, um, you literally can't, can't water it too much. Okay. So, and then basically you let it set. Uh, it takes about a week for the natural bacteria and the biology that live in the soil to move up through a four foot tall compost bin and do their thing, do their little decomposing and all the various activities that they do, and then to kind of cool down, okay? And so what happens is, is I will come back in a week sometimes too, just depends on what my schedule looks like. And I will turn the entire thing over. At that point, you're not looking at maintaining those layers. You're just looking at getting a good mixture. But again, the key is making sure that you water. Now, I'm 42 years old and I have been composting and I have been gardening for 25, 30 years. Okay. I still turn all of my compost bins by hand with a pitchfork. Okay, it takes me this morning. I was out here at 5:30, and I got done around 9:30. So it took me four hours to turn six compost bins and and turn them into three because they had broken down so much and shrunk down so much from the decomposition um, that now they're three, and one of them's only half full. Okay, so and these are the ones that I started in March. Okay, but if if you have a bad back, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the time to turn them by hand, hire someone, you know, there's there's young kids around or a lot of people build their compost bins big enough that they can turn them with a tractor, which is very effective. In fact, when I rebuild my compost bins in a couple of weeks, I'm going to build them wide enough that I can turn it with the bucket of my tractor. Um, But the key is if you want fast compost and you want high quality compost, it does need to be turned. It it needs to be turned. Your chickens, if you have chickens, can help you turn it. Turkeys, ducks, you know, guineas. Birds like to go through your compost piles and turn them for you. Um, And they will break down. Okay, you can, if you keep a compost pile moist, it will break down on its own without being turned at all in roughly a year okay depending on what you have in it if you have more manure it'll go just a little bit faster Um, but if you turn it and turn it pretty religiously keep track of of you know what the days that you're turning it and and turn it about every week to every 14 days um, you can get finished compost in less than one garden season in less than three months okay so um, I'll just recap really fast kind of some of the high points that we that we covered. Brown materials include pretty much anything dry. Straw, dried leaves, um, old, old dry clippings from your garden. You know, anything that has sat for a year, two years, something like that. Pine needles. Um... And your green materials are anything literally that are green or hot or that were recently alive. Things like manures from your chickens, pigs, um, goats, rabbits, your grass clippings, um, you know, weeds that you pull in the garden, those kinds of things, vegetable scraps, those are all green. 
you want to have approximately the same amount of brown and green by weight or approximately six, five to six times more brown materials than green materials by volume. Okay, so if you have truckloads, if you have bags, you want to have about five times, five to six times more carbon material than you have nitrogen material. Keep everything moist, turn it if you can, and that's all you need to know about compost. If you have a really rank smell at any point in time, um, that's because it doesn't have enough air, you need to turn it. Okay, um, if it's sitting there and it's not doing anything, you need to add water to it and probably turn it. Um, other than that, I think that covers everything that there is to know about composting here in St. John's. Um, some benefits of composting include moisture retention for your soil. Obviously, it's a fantastic source of nutrients, especially micronutrients, which our soil is terribly lacking in. Um, it does help to neutralize the pH, whether it's acidic or whether it's alkaline, which most of ours is alkaline. It also helps to add that organic material to the soil so that the creatures that we love so much, like your earthworms and stuff like that, they need something to eat. And so that's what they eat. They'll eat the compost. It also helps not only retain moisture, but it also helps um, poorly drained soil to drain better. Okay, so there's a lot of benefits to composting and hopefully that gives you some good ideas, gives you some good pointers and it gives you some high points uh, about what you need to kind of look out for and what you need to do to make sure that you have a successful composting career. Now, that is about all that we have today for you. And I would just like to remind you that this will be going up onto the gardenerswithaltitude.com website. This will be available on Facebook at the Gardeners with Altitude Facebook page and I really hope you guys learn something and get yourselves some good composting going on. Until next time, happy gardening!